we are here to spend time to read the word. This is what we do. We commit our time here. And today we're going to be reading from Jeremiah chapter 14. Uh, we will spend a few moments reading, and then we're going to spend a few moments reflecting. We're going to read and reflect. I call it the read and rant because, honestly, I don't have anything prepared. I'm just here to rant uh, wherever the Lord is taking me. It's a reflection. It's an open reflection, and uh, sometimes it comes out a certain way. Other times it comes out another way, but it is an open reflection. And while this isn't a Bible study, it's a time where we're reflecting over the uh, on the Word. And maybe there's some points where I feel like I need to bring clarity to some things. But overall, my objective for you is to read through the entire Bible. And that's why we're doing this. We've been reading from Genesis all the way. We're, we're reading from Genesis. Now we are all the way in the book of Jeremiah. And I intend to read all the way through the book of Revelation. And so uh, I want to just encourage you, if this is your first time here, to go and to download the Read and Rant podcast. We are now edging closer to 150,000 downloads, which has been amazing to see that. Um, and so I want to encourage you to uh, to download the Read and Rant podcast to catch up with all the other readings and just read, just read along the way. Um, and, and also, if you're looking to support, to support us on patreon.com as well. Um, but there will be another opportunity to support, and that's going to be through TikTok live subscriptions. And I'm excited about that. Really, really excited about that. That's going to be available to you guys tonight. Um, you can go on the TikTok profile. You can click subscribe and you can become a subscriber. And I'm looking for, you know, things that I'm going to be including. You're going to have badges. So badges is going to be one thing. We're going to um, have badges for those who are subscribers. So when you come on, people will know that you're a subscriber. And there's going to be opportunities where, let's say, for example, I'm doing my Bible study with my patrons on Patreon. If you notice a few times that I've been doing Bible study with my patrons on Patreon, I've also um, uh, added uh, or you know put on TikTok Live as well and allowed you guys to participate and to eavesdrop in it. But I really only take comments from the people on my Patreon. But I think I'm going to not only prioritize the comments of my people on my Patreon, but I may end up also maybe uh, prioritizing patron-only, not patron-only, sorry, subscriber-only uh, comments on the on, on TikTok as well. I think it's nice. One of the things I'm also uh, looking to do, and I think it's, you know, again, I'll try different things along the way. So I ask for you guys to be patient to see what works and what doesn't work. And I love that my patrons help me see what works and doesn't work as well, because you guys are the ones who are experiencing it. I'm the one who's delivering it. But there are those of you who um, have also suggested, hey, maybe you could even do that for the read and rant. But I don't know if I want to do that yet because I think it cuts out too many people. Um, and so anyway, I just so just so you know, you'll we will continue to do what we do, regardless of whether you subscribe or not. And the reason why is because our patrons and our current supporters are the ones that make all this possible. So just uh, give God praise for them. Thank God for them and for their support, for their commitment to what we do here. I'm grateful for them. And I'm sure many of you are also beneficiaries of their generosity and their commitment to support what we have going on. I don't want to spend too much time. I want to get right into it. I want you to ask three questions as you read today. And this is what we endeavor to do. We are going to ask first, God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first question we're going to ask. The second question that we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question that we're going to ask is, what are you revealing concerning me? 
What are you revealing concerning me? We're going to pray, and then we're going to spend a few moments reading. I see people saying thank you to the patrons. By the way, my patrons who are going to hear this, because some of the patrons right now, some of the patrons aren't going to be on live. I know I see some of them right now. I can see some of the names um, of some of the patrons who are here. But I want you guys to see it, because I got people across platforms right now. That's why I'm looking at a whole bunch of different cameras at the same time. But I do have some people who are right now thanking you. Um, and so guys, just know this, that you guys are a blessing, not only to me, but you're a blessing to others who get to benefit from the ability that I have for me to do this on a regular basis because of your support. So, um, anyway, let's get to prayer and then we're gonna, um, we're gonna get right into it. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you would, um, speak to us in a few moments that we're here together. Guide us in your word. Guide us in the truth of your word. Father, um, we come here, Lord, uh, with simplicity of heart with simplicity of mind, empty us so you can fill us with your spirit. Show us your will, God. Show us your heart. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen. Let's get right to it. Jeremiah 14. And it says this in verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the droughts. Judah mourns and her gates anguish. Sorry, her gates languish. They mourn for the land and the cry of Jerusalem has gone up. Their nobles have sent their lads for water. They went to the cisterns and found no water. They returned with their vessels empty. They were ashamed and confounded and covered their heads because the ground is parched for there was no rain in the land. The plowmen were ashamed. They covered their heads. Yes, the deer also gave birth in the field, but left because there was no grass. And the wild donkeys stood in the desolate heights. They sniffed at the wind like jackals. Their eyes failed because there was no grass. O oh Lord, though our iniquities testify against us, do it for your name's sake. For our backslidings are many. We have sinned against you. O oh, the hope of Israel, his savior in time of trouble. Why should you be like a stranger in the land? and like a traveler who turns aside to tarry for a night. Why should you be like a man astonished, like a mighty one who cannot save? Yet you, O Lord, are in the midst, and we are called by your name. Do not leave us. Thus says the Lord to his people, they have loved to wander. They have not restrained their feet. Therefore, the Lord does not accept them. He will remember their iniquity now and punish their sin. Then the Lord said to me, do not Pray for this people, for their good. When they fast, I will not hear their cry. And when they offer burnt offering and grain offering, I will not accept them. But I will consume them by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, the prophets say to them, You shall not see the sword, nor shall you have famine. But I will give you assured peace in this place. And the Lord said to me, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. I have not sent them, commanded them, nor spoken to them. They prophesy to you a false vision, divination, a worthless thing, and deceit of their heart. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who prophesy in my name, whom I did not send, and who say, sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine, those prophets shall be consumed. And the people whom they prophesy shall be cast in the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and the sword. They have no one to bury them, them nor their wives, their sons, nor their daughters. For I will pour 
their wickedness on them. Therefore, you shall say this word to them. Let my eyes flow with tears night and day and let them not cease. For the virgin daughter of my people has been broken with a mighty stroke and with a very severe blow. If I go out to the field, then behold those slain with the sword. And if I enter the city, then behold those sick from famine. Yes, both prophet and priest shall go about in a land they do not know. Have you utterly rejected Judah? Has your soul loathed Zion? Why have you stricken us so that there is no healing for us? We look for peace, but there was no good. And for the time of healing, there was trouble. We acknowledge our Lord, our wickedness, and the iniquity of our fathers. We have sinned against you. Do not abhor us for your name's sake. Do not disgrace the throne of your glory. Remember, do not break your covenant with us. Are there any among the idols of the nations that cause rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Or are you not he, O Lord, our God? Therefore, we will wait for you since you have made all these. Then the Lord said to me, even if Moses and Samuel stood before me, my mind would not be favorable towards this people. Cast them out of my sight. Then let them go forth, and it shall be if they say to you, where should we go? Then you shall say to them, thus says the Lord, such as are for death to death, and such as are for the sword to the sword, and such as are for the famine to the famine, and such as are for the captivity to the captivity. And I will appoint over them four forms of destruction, says the Lord, the sword to slay, the dogs to drag, the birds of the heavens and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. I will hand them over to trouble, to all the kingdoms of the earth because of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, for what he did in Jerusalem. For who will have pity on you, O Jerusalem? Or who will bemoan you? Or who will turn aside to ask, how are you doing? You have forsaken me, says the Lord. You have gone backward. Therefore, I will stretch out my hand against you and destroy you. I am weary of relenting, and I will winnow them with a winnowing fan in the gates of the land. I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people. Since they do not return from their ways, their widows will be increased to me more than the sand of the seas. I will bring against them, against the mother of the young man, a plunderer at noonday. I will cause anguish and terror to fall on them suddenly. She languishes who has borne seven. She has breathed her last. Her son has gone down, and yet, and it was yet day. She has been ashamed and confounded. The remnant of them I will deliver to the sword before their enemies, says the Lord. Woe is me, my mother, that you have borne me, a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. I have neither lent for interest and, and have men lent to me for interest. Every one of them curses me. The Lord said, surely it will be well with your remnant. Hmm. Surely I will cause the enemy to intercede with you. In the time of adversity and in the time of affliction, can anyone break iron? The northern iron and the bronze, your wealth and your treasures, I will give as plunder without price because of all your sins throughout your territories. And I will make you cross over with your enemies into a land which you do not know. 
for a fire is kindled in my anger, which shall burn upon you. O Lord, you know. Remember me and visit me and take vengeance for me on my persecutors. In your enduring patience, do not take me away. Know that for your sake, I have suffered rebuke. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord of hosts. I did not sit in the assembly of the mockers, nor did I rejoice. I sat alone because of your hand, for you have filled me with indignation. Why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable, which refuses to be healed? Will you surely be to me like an unreliable stream as waters that fail? Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, then I will bring you back. You shall stand before me. You shall take out the precious from the vial. You shall be as my mouth. Let them return to you, but you must not return to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified bronze wall. And they will fight against you and they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked and I'll redeem you from the grip of the terrible. We'll read one more. Jeremiah 16. The word of the Lord came to me saying, you shall not take a wife, nor shall you have sons or daughters in this place. For thus says the Lord concerning the sons and daughters who are born in this place and concerning their mothers who bore them and their fathers who begot them in this land, they shall die gruesome deaths. They shall not be lamented, nor shall they be buried, but they shall be like refuse on the face of the earth. They shall be consumed by the sword and by famine and their corpse, their corpses shall be meat for the birds of heaven and the beasts of the earth. For thus says the Lord, do not enter the house of mourning, nor go to lament or bemoan them, for I have taken away my peace from this people, says the Lord. Loving kindness and mercies, both the great and the small shall die in this land. They shall be buried. Neither shall men lament for them, cut themselves, nor make, them, make themselves bald for them. Nor shall men break bread in mourning for them to comfort them for the dead. Nor shall men give them the cup of consolation to drink for their fathers or their mother. Also, you shall go. You shall not go into the house of feasting to sit with them to eat and drink. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel: Behold, I will cause to cease from the, I will cause to cease from this place before your eyes and in your days the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. And it shall be when you show this people all these words and they say to you, why has the Lord pronounced all this great disaster against us? Or what is our iniquity? Or what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God? Then you shall say to them, because of your fathers, sorry, because your fathers have forsaken me, says the Lord. They have walked after other gods and have served them and worshiped them and have forsaken me and not kept my law. And you have done worse than your fathers. For behold, each one of you follows the dictates of his own evil heart, so that no one listens to me. Therefore, I will cast you out of this land into a land that you do not know, neither you nor your fathers. And there you shall serve other gods day and night, and where I will not show you my favor. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord that it shall no more be said, 
the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had driven them. For I will bring them back into the land which I gave to their fathers. Behold, I will send for many fishermen, says the Lord, and they shall fish them. And afterwards, I will send for many hunters and they shall hunt them from every mountain on every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. For my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from my face, nor is their iniquity hidden from my eyes. First, I will repay double for their iniquity and their sin, because they have defiled my land and have filled my inheritance with the carcasses of detestable and abominable idols. O Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come to you from the ends of the earth and say, surely our fathers have inherited lies, worthlessness and unprofitable things. Will a man make gods for himself, which are not gods? Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know my hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. They shall know that my name is the Lord. Um, there are a lot of thoughts that I have here, and I, I'll preface this by saying, if you haven't read, you know, or listened or been a part of our read and rant for the past few months, if you haven't, I just checked it, Millie, so we should be good now. If you, if you haven't, I would encourage you to do it. I would encourage you to go and to read. I would encourage you to go and to read through the entire narrative that you'll read through first Kings and second Kings. I want to encourage you to read through, um, actually first Samuel, second Samuel, first Kings, second Kings, first Chronicles and second Chronicles. I would encourage you to do that because reading those will give you context to what we're reading in this, in this, uh, in this text. And the reason why I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I want to make sure that you've got some context here because we, we've seen the things that are trans, that have transpired. Um, you know, Jeremiah is written after the fact. Jeremiah is a compilation of um, poems and writings by the priest Jeremiah who had a prophetic voice. He was a prophet priest. He was a priest prophet. And so Jeremiah is speaking with a prophetic voice to the children of Israel in a time when Israel wasn't even listening to them. And so Jeremiah is lamenting, of course, and we see a little bit of Jeremiah's lament as we read in the previous chapter, in chapter 15, where Jeremiah goes as far as saying, woe is me, my mother, that you have borne me, a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. I have neither lent for interest nor have meant lent to me for interest. Every one of them curses me. This is, and this is just a quick little side note for those of you who um, understand this, but the, the, the calling, the office, the activity of the prophet is not one of popularity. I have never met a popular prophet. Not, not, not in the way that we speak of prophets. Usually when people talk about prophets, they talk about people who tell you about their future or they're hearing from God about your future. Prophets are generally voices that speak directly to the institutions, to the systems, 
prophets speak directly into the governments. That's why when he, when when Paul says when he builds the church, he builds it on the apostles and the prophets. The reason why he's building on the apostles and the prophets because the apostles and the prophets are institutional gifts. The evangelists, the pastors, and teachers are the corporate communal gifts. I just caught myself getting into some teaching. I, I try to not do too much of that, but at least so that way you have some context here. Um, the apostles and the prophets are institutional. They're organizational. They're governmental. They're 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 uh, they, they they apply to territories. They apply to regions. Whereas evangelists, pastors, and teachers have been gifted for communities, for people, more specifically, pastors who minister and shepherd the sheep or the flock of God. And so prophets generally are, they don't address specifically or often the people from a smaller communal perspective. Prophets in general are addressing cultures, systems, institutions, governments, leaders. This is what prophets do. This is how prophets operate. And so often when people talk about, well, this person's a prophet, what they're really talking about is a Christian psychic. <laughs> That's what they want to think. They want to find somebody who's a Christian psychic who's going to tell them about their future, tell them about, you know, tell me about myself. Well, you already know who you are. You already know the sin that's in your heart. You already know all of that stuff. So when we talk about the prophet, make sure you have to understand. And I want to make sure this is very clear. Prophets are not popular. Prophets are not popular. When they speak with a prophetic voice, they generally speak into the brokenness of institutions, organizations, cultures, systems. Prophets speak against the cultural the cultural stream. Prophets speak against the cultural organizations. Prophets speak against the cultural thought. If you see a prophet and he's popular, already just put a red flag. Just say red flag, red flag, red flag. Popular prophets... Red flag, red flag, red flag, right? And so we see Jeremiah here, and Jeremiah um, is speaking, and yet he's speaking against the cultural stream. He's speaking against the cultural thought. He's speaking against what everybody else is doing. Israel has fallen off. Um, Israel has backslidden. This is what we read in Chronicles. This is what we read in Kings. This is what we read in Samuel. And so, um, so Israel now is... Israel is following the cultural stream when they were called to be countercultural. They were following the cultural thought when they were called to be counter what the culture was doing. They didn't do things for the culture. They were to do things against the culture. He said, be holy for I'm holy. They were called to be a holy people separate from everyone else. Because again, Israel had a special calling on their life to be a people who would show what the justice of God looked like, what the righteousness of God looked like. And so when God said to them, be holy for I'm holy, he was saying to them, be separate because I'm fundamentally separate from everything else. I am other than to everything else. This is important. This is critically important, family, because this now gives us a context, a backdrop to what is transpiring in this moment. Jeremiah is lamenting because, again, this is after the fact, after Israel has fallen to captivity. Israel not only became a nation split between the Israel in the north and, and, um, and Judah in the south, but then Israel in the north 
compromised by allowing the influences of the Babylonians, the influences of, not the Babylonians, sorry, the influences of the Canaanites, the influences of the Assyrians, allowed them to influence them in a way where they serve the Assyrian gods. They worship the Assyrian gods. They practice some detestable things that many of us here would not know I can't think of anyone who would actually accept that kind of behavior. Israel did things you can't even put on TV. Israel did things that would be rated X. Israel did things that would um, would probably make many of you queasy to your stomach. And to think that these were the people who were called by God. And yet you've got a Jeremiah who's speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking. And rather than have them accept what he is saying, Jeremiah finds him in a place of dejection. And in Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 10, he says, woe is me, my mother, that you have borne me. Imagine you're speaking the word of God, the prophetic truth of God. And yet you see here that Jeremiah has got no friends. Woe is me, my mother, that you have borne me. The man is literally saying, I wish I was never born. This is the other uh, uh, angle to the, to a person who's been burdened to speak with a prophetic voice. We often think that prophets want to be rebel rousers and that prophets don't desire family and community and people. When prophets speak, they might not speak what you like, but they speak what you need to hear because at the core, the prophet loves you. They're speaking out of the love and the grace of God. When a prophet speaks, they're not speaking just to get you angry. As a matter of fact, they're burdened with the fact that they have to tell you something you don't want to hear. When a person comes to you with a prophetic voice to speak, and especially when it goes against whatever your belief system is, whatever it is that your value is, you have to understand that they're not speaking out of hate. They're speaking out of love. And for many people who are prophets, they are burdened with the fact that the very people that they love hate them. The very cultures and societies that they speak against and towards and, and, and point to the revelation to whatever God is saying, hate them. And it isn't uncommon, especially for a man who was a priest given a prophetic voice. Jeremiah did not ask for this. Jeremiah didn't ask for this calling. He didn't say, man, I, I want to be a prophet. Jeremiah was a priest. And the thing about priests were priests in general loved their community. And now he's been called priest, but now called, he, he, he was, sorry, he was shaped, formed. He operated, lived as a priest. But now God has commanded him and commissioned him to speak with a prophetic voice. What a burden, y'all. What a burden to be the guy who's saying the things that nobody wants to hear. What a burden, y'all. 
A true friend is not one who tells you what you want to hear. A true friend who loves you tells you what you need to hear. And even if they lose you as a friend, they will still tell you what you, they, what you need to hear because they love you. Let me say that one more time. A true friend is not going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you what you need to hear, even if it comes at the cost of your friendship. Because at the end of the day, they care about your destiny. They care about your life. They care about you. They would rather not be your friend and see you live a life in abundance than to see you live with them and to be friends with them and to live a life in moral depravity and lack. And that's why there are plenty of folks who've been real friends who now, because they've been real friends, have no friends. Isn't that unfortunate? That we live in a day and age now where people do not want to listen. They don't want to be corrected. We live in a day and age now where everybody wants to live their own truth. We live in a day and age now where everybody wants to live their own life and my own truth and my own facts and my own, I, I just, I want to do, that's your truth. You stay over there with your truth, but this is my truth. I feel for pastors today. I feel for pastors. I feel for pastors because pastors now have to pastor congregations that want to live their own truths. They have to shepherd people that want to just be live their own right. Here it is, ready? There are pastors today, and I've heard this story many, many times, many, many instances, where pastors will tell you that when out of love, they go to correct a parishioner or to correct a member of their church, that member actually walks out and leaves. And not only do they walk out and leave, they walk out and leave. And what do they say? They say that they've been hurt by the church. Not to say that there isn't church hurt, not to say that there isn't abuse, but don't get it twisted, family. Let me speak for a second. And now I'm in rant mode. Oh, God. Lord, help me, y'all. You want to know what spiritual abuse is? Spiritual abuse is also abandonment. Spiritual abuse is also coddling. Spiritual abuse is knowing what a person ought to do and how a person ought to live and to choose not to tell them. Yes, spiritual abuse is also pandering to whatever it is that that person feels like is their truth, their right, their wrong. That's also spiritual abuse because you're letting a person follow a path of destruction without actually telling the person that what they're doing in the end leads to destruction. And because you want their ties and their offerings, their support, you want them to sit in the seats. You want to make sure your numbers are up. You want to make sure you have popularity. You as a pastor will avoid engaging prophetically with people who need to hear the hard truth. Nowadays, people don't want to hear it, and a lot of pastors pander to that. That's not love, fam. It's not love. Would I love my children if I told my children, you know what? 
Do whatever you want to do. It's your life. It's your truth. Live your truth. Live your life. Do what you think is right. You know what? Do whatever you think is right. Is that love? Is that love or is that hate? If I hate my children, I will let them do whatever they want to do and live their own truth if I hate them. But if I love them, I will correct them. I will discipline them. I will lead them toward the path of righteousness because I love them. And yet today, regardless of whether they like it, I don't care. Ready? Ready, fam? I know there's some people who, who, who parent teenagers right now. You may be parenting your children and your preteens. You may be parenting teenagers. You will tell your children what they need to hear, even if they don't like you. Even if they go through a season where they say, I hate my parents. I can't stand them. Why? Because you love them. He chastens those whom he loves. Did you hear that, fam? He chases those whom he loves. It ain't love if your friend knows you ain't living right and they choose not to tell you. It ain't love if your friends and family see that you're living a path of destruction and instead of talking to you, they talk around you and talk about you. That ain't love. It ain't love. If they don't come to you to correct you, even if they know that it may come at a consequence to you cussing them out, it ain't love. If they don't correct you, even if they know that what they're about to tell you isn't a popular thing, your real friends are the ones who tell you what you don't want to hear, but know that you need to hear. We just don't have as many of those now anymore because everybody wants to live their truth. Everybody wants to live their, their reality. And we call it love. We do it on the guise of love. You know, live your own truth. Even if your own truth leads you to destruction, live your own truth because that's what love does. Whew. That's what love does. Love lets you do whatever you want to do, right? Love lets you live however way you want to live, right? Love lets you, you know, it's love. I feel for the pastors today. I feel for pastors today who have to just listen to members. And they know that, man, you, you're off on this, but you can't even tell them that you're off. You can't even tell them that, they, that this ain't it. You can't even tell them because if you tell them, they'll leave your church. Because you know what they interpret it is? They interpret it as hate. They interpret it as, you know, we just don't have a culture of accountability anymore. We just don't. We want a church that lets us live however way we want to live, do whatever we want to do, however way we want to do it. And then we wonder why in the end we fall apart. Why is it? Stay with me for a second, fam. I know this is going to be tough. It's just tough. But I got to call some things out for a second. Why is it? Why is it that the church seems to suffer the same things the world suffers? Why is it that the church seems to, wow, it's almost like the church is going through everything else the culture is going through with the same pain, brokenness, and struggles of the culture. We actually have nothing to offer. We actually have nothing to sell. 
Let's just be re- let's just be real, family. We got nothing to sell if everything we do looks like everybody else. And we've got nothing to sell if you're going through everything we're going through. And if you haven't even found the answers to what you're going through, we got nothing. Are, are y'all hearing me, fam? We got nothing. We got nothing. If somebody comes to you and says, man, my life is falling apart, my marriage is falling apart, all that. And they you say, hey, come join my church. And they look in your church, they see everybody else's situations look exactly like theirs. You don't have answers. But we want a church that looks like everything else, that is like everybody else. And then we wonder why the church falls into the same consequences of the rest of the world. I'm going to tell you, this is spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Babylon is coming. We read this in Jeremiah. We're not there yet, but a little spoiler alert. Babylon is coming. Babylon is a powerful nation of incredible power and strength. And Babylon is going to be taking the Canaanite nations. Babylon is about to overtake the nations. And now Israel is about to fall under the same consequence that everybody else around them is falling into because Israel's got nothing to hold on to. And Jeremiah has been trying to help these people see. He sees Babylon coming because he has revelation of Babylon coming. He sees the systems and the institutions and the organizations coming and he sees them. He sees how they're overtaking Israel. He sees all that and he's speaking and he's speaking and he's speaking and he's speaking, but nobody's listening. Not only is nobody listening, he says, every one of them curses me. Actually, nobody likes me. And of course, we see a Jeremiah who really has so much love for a nation. He's weeping for the nation while everyone is cursing him. And he keeps speaking the truth and he keeps speaking truth to power, truth to the system, truth. And he's speaking prophetically about what's about to transpire. But as he speaks the truth, he's burdened because now nobody loves him and he's got no friends. Oh, to even add more to it, God tells, this is a man who he seems to be extroverted. It's just something that I'm, I can't say that he was, but Jeremiah ain't like the other prophets who, you know, the other prophets, they like to, you know, they can go in caves for months and just talk to God. (laughs) Jeremiah seems to like people a lot. This is kind of what I just noticed. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Jeremiah seems to love these people deeply. So imagine now you've been wired one way, being called to move in a way that goes against how you're wired. You want people around you, but now the way God is calling you to speak causes you to lose the people you want to be close to. And then to go even further, God says to him, don't take a wife. You know, you're not going to have sons. You're not going to have daughters. Jeremiah, listen, man, this is your life. You're going to be single. You will never be ready to mingle. And you're just going to have to just keep preaching a word that's going to make everybody hate you. (sighs) 
what a calling to do things that almost seem to cause you pain. Not to listen to people right now, if God said to you, hey, um, you know, God's calling you to be single the rest of your life. Somebody would be like, hey, listen, that ain't my calling. Okay, that ain't my calling. It wasn't what Jeremiah wanted. Doesn't seem like that's why he didn't go, yes, thank you, God. I didn't want no wife. And thank God I didn't want no kids. But Jeremiah had a calling way bigger than just his desire. He had to speak the truth to Israel who had backslidden. And it came at a cost that the people he loved, he would not be with. And Jeremiah weeps and he says, woe is me, my mother, that you have borne me a man of strife, a man of contention to the whole earth. I'm stuck on that. Woe is me. What do you do in the midst of that? When you find yourself in a circumstance, in a situation that goes that just goes left for you. What do you what do you do when you're like, God, how am I gonna hold on? I ain't wired to do this. What do you do when you feel like this goes beyond you and you feel, man, this is causing me so much pain and stress. Why does this even bother me? What do you do when you've been burdened with things you wish you were never burdened with? Why would God call Jeremiah when he told him, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I already knew you. I wish you didn't know me on this one, God. I wish you knew somebody else. I know somebody who knows exactly what I'm talking about. When you've been burdened to do a thing that you just wish you could just do another thing. I can tell y'all, my wife will say this because she, I don't know if she's on here still. I don't know if you're on here, babe, but she, she knows me. If I could have my way, I would not be on social media. <laughs> if I could have my way, if I could have my way, I would not be on any platform. I'm going to, I'm just going to just spit facts for you right now. If I could have my way, and she'll tell you, she'll tell you, she knows exactly what, what I'm talking about. If I could have my way, you would never see me on social media. You would never see me on TikTok. You would never see me on IG. You would never see me on YouTube. If I could have my way, I would be just at home doing my thing. I do not like attention. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate speaking. I hate not, not, I mean, I love to preach because I love the impact that it brings, but don't get it twisted. I like being at home watching TV. I like being in the crowd, listening to a sermon. Vanessa will tell you this. I would prefer other people to preach to me than for me to preach. I prefer just to sit back and just come to church. I wish I could just be that guy. I wish I could just be the guy who just can just go on social media and just listen to what everybody else is teaching and what everybody else is saying. I wish I could be that guy. I'm the kind of guy who would do perfectly fine in a cave. Okay. I am the pure, I am the definition of introvert. Okay. 
And the people who are closest to me know this about me. I'm a very hard person to be close to because I love my, I love being alone. I love it. I love spending time alone. Give me an iPad, give me a Bible, give me some books. And I'm good. I'm good. I live in perpetual discomfort, fam. (laughs) I come on here, not because I love it. I live in perpetual discomfort. I don't love, man, I can't wait to get on here. And, you know, that's all because, that's also because of prep time. Of course, of course, Vanessa, of course. And so I say that to you because there are situations that God calls you in that make you uncomfortable. <laughs> so you draw, look, I think I, it's funny because I'm looking at the, the, the chat right now. Like everybody's like, I'm an introvert. I'm the same person. I want to be in a cave. So I guess I have, that's, the, man, what kind of church is that? A church full of introverts. Goodness gracious. Maybe that's why I, maybe that's why there's so, maybe that's why I have so much impact and influence on social media. You guys just, you guys just made me think about something I never thought about before. Maybe that's why I have so much. I'm a, I'm a pastor of introverts. Everybody's in their own little caves <laughs> joining service right now. This is big. Whoa. Anyway, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> That's crazy. I just realized something. Um, and here's the here's the this is the this is a bigger problem for me. And this is just me, just being fun, just being a friend. I have uh, all my friends are hardcore extroverts. They're all extroverts. So I just inflict a lot of pain on my friends. They're always like, "Man, let's go out, let's hang," and I'm like. Can I just stay here and just read my book? I, that's all I really want to do. That's that's great. I this is exhausting. Okay, every time there's a party, I have to rev myself up. I have to like literally. <laughs> I have to. Okay, I gotta pray, meditate, and go. Okay, there will be people, and they're all going to be talking. And saying a lot of things. And they invited me because they think I'm going to do the same thing. Got it. And here's the crazy part about it. Here's the crazy part about it is when I tell people that I am an introvert, because my wife knows exactly who I am. The people closest to me know who exactly who I am. When I am in public around big crowds, people think I'm the biggest extrovert they think man this guy man he's a people person he's a huge extrovert man he goes to the party he's like the life of the party he's all of that he's all you think that it's because i'm an extrovert or is it the grace of god on my life and the incredible love that i have for people that draws me into a perpetual place of discomfort to reach the people that I love and that I'm called to. How then can I be the person who I need to be to reach the people that I'm called to reach? How do I do that? 
how do I find the strength to do that? How do I find the capacity to do that? How do I find the, the bandwidth, the fortitude, the tenacity, the ability to do that? Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found and I ate them. In the midst of all the loneliness and all the brokenness, in the midst of the pain and the suffering, in the midst of the perpetual discomfort of doing what Jeremiah was called to do. He says from from verse 15, O Lord, you know, remember me and visit me and take vengeance for me on my persecutors. In your enduring patience, do not take me away. Know that for your sake, I have suffered rebuke. Look at what he's saying there. He's saying exactly what I'm talking about. For your sake, I have suffered rebuke. Then in verse 16, he says, your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord of hosts. What keeps us going is his word. What keeps me going is his word. And I have to eat his word every day. I have to eat the word every day. It's his word that comes to me, that gives me resource, that gives me strength, that allows me the ability to do this. It's his word that somehow I find joy in this. This is not like me, y'all, to enjoy coming on and having a couple hundred people joining me live right now and thousands of people following me and all these thousands of views. That stuff, Isaac alone hates that. He hates it. Okay. And he gets very, very uncomfortable when he goes to Starbucks and somebody goes, man, I've been blessed by your TikToks. That makes me uncomfortable. I understand it. It, it encourages me. And at the same time, it makes me uncomfortable because like, dang, people know me. Oh, snap. They know me. I'm not supposed to be known. I'm supposed to be hidden. I'm supposed to be hiding in the shadows and yet people know me. <gasps> oh no. So where do I get the strength? His word. His word is the rejo- is the joy and rejoicing of my heart. It's his word that strengthens me. It's his word that makes me find joy in the discomfort. Joy in the discomfort. I can't tell you how much I... It's weird, y'all, that I love y'all like this. It's weird. It's really weird that I'm like, man, I've had people share testimonies. Some of this stuff makes me cry. People don't make me cry, y'all. And y'all be making me cry. Like, why y'all doing that? And it's this love that I have for all of you and the word that gives me the strength that makes me this person. I'm a whole different person without the word and without the grace of God. But man, the grace and the love of God and his word makes me endure all the rebuke. It makes me endure all the haters, makes me endure all the discomfort of being public. And it's going to make you endure all the things that make you uncomfortable with what God is calling you to do. The word does that. The word, when you sit in it and it becomes the joy and rejoicing of your heart, when you know that you've been called by God's name, 
Man, ain't nothing like it. Ain't nothing like it. Nothing like it, guys. Whoops. Hold on. Whoops. Boom, there you go. Sorry about that. Nothing like it. So today, if you feel like God is putting you in an uncomfortable place with God, with what God's calling you to do, if you feel like God's calling you to speak justice and righteousness, if you feel like that, if you feel like God is calling you to be a prophetic voice in the season in somebody's life, and it makes you uncomfortable, and you know, man, this is going to come with hurt, it might come. If you feel that you've been put in these places where you don't know how you're going to endure, and you don't know, if you feel like, man, I feel like this is going to inflict more pain and discomfort on me than joy, Eat his word. That's going to be the name of this episode today. Eat the word. And let the word be the joy and rejoicing of your heart. Father, I thank you as we come together. Lord, every day we come to read your word. Father, teach us to eat your word. To find joy and rejoicing in it. To find strength and confidence in it. To know that we've been called by your name. Father, I thank you. Lord, just in this time of meditation, Lord, how you uh, move so powerfully, how you speak, Lord, a fresh new thing every time. Every time we read this, you're always speaking a fresh new thing. And I thank you for that. And I give you praise and I give you glory for that. And so today, Father, let us be reminded, Lord, that in seasons of perpetual discomfort, teach us to eat your word. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, I love y'all. I got to go um, eat the word today, okay? I'll text y'all as well. I'll text you a quick word of encouragement. If you haven't texted me yet, text me. So I have your number, 954-231-1848, 954-231-1848. If you're looking to support, I'm going to be posting this right away on Patreon, but this will be available on the Read and Rant podcast, which is available on Spotify and Apple. But if you're looking to support, you also get the bonus of being able to get content right away and to be a part of our Bible studies when we have them. Um, subscribe to our Patreon. Become a patron. It's patreon.com slash Isaac Fred. Become a patron. Um, or just click the link in the profile and you'll see how you can become a patron. And today, big news, big news, big news on TikTok Live. We've got subscriptions. I will. I have been inviting the beta program for subscriptions. You might have already seen the TikTok, already posted about it. But uh, hey, Millie, I'm so glad you are. The number again is 954-231-1848. 954-231-1848. Thanks for the gift, Ray Rock. Really appreciate it. Thanks for the gift. Um, and so if you're looking to support, again, there are many ways to do that. Just click the link in the profile. Also, TikTok subscriptions. Subscribe. We're going to do some special things with our TikTok subscribers, and I'm going to do it in coincidence with my patrons as well. So we may have some lives where it'll be just my patrons and my TikTok subscribers. So the cost for subscription, that's a great question. I believe, and I was I, I missed my meeting, my one-on-one. This is what happened. I missed my one-on-one with all the details because uh, TikTok had scheduled a one-on-one with me. My one-on-one is at 7 p.m. tonight. So it will be by seven that will be able to that you'll be able to subscribe. So be ready to subscribe tonight. I'm excited about that. But I believe it's either $4.99 or $5.99. It's either $4.99 or $5.99. So um I don't have the specifics on that 
I should know that answer, but you will see it tonight. And I believe it's $4.99 or $5.99. Okay. And so you can become a subscriber. I may do subscription only chats where I just do just Q and A. I've been thinking about that, just doing Q and A, and then also taking all the Q and A's from my patrons as well. So I might have like a Q and A gathering, a Q and A recording, you know, that kind of thing. So um, just thinking about different things that I want to do to help encourage um, those of you who just want to support and want to encourage you guys who are just growing and want to get more content. Um, some of this content is real public. Read and rant will always be public, but. Um, subscriptions, I'll go deeper. We'll do some deeper dive stuff, some Bible study stuff, do some Q&A stuff, okay? Um, and seriously need to pay for TikTok? You don't, actually, Marcia. You do not. Nothing's going to change. What we're doing right here is going to stay the same. So for those of you who say, hey, I can't afford it or I don't want to pay for it, that's fine as well. I'm still here, y'all. That ain't going to change, okay? So, um, and so don't worry about that. Okay, guys. So make sure you, I want to make sure everybody understands that, that since we even started Patreon and I'm sure my patrons know this and those who support me know this, I've, I've been doing the reading rant since, and I won't stop doing the reading rant and I won't, I'll, I'll put this out there right now. I'm not charging to do a live reading rant. I won't ever do that. Okay. Um, that won't happen at all. Okay. However, there are those who just say, Hey, I'm looking for reasons to support. And I want to be a part of just supporting you and what you do. And I'm grateful for that because it's actually your support that has opened doors for me to do other things. I would not be able to do Bible studies, not with a full-time job, not with, you know, everything else I got going on. Cause I still got a wife and kids. I still have a family. I still have other things that, that I'm doing and that I want to do well and steward well. And so it's actually through your support now that I've been, that I was able to even envision the new things that God is doing, especially with planting a church in Tampa and things like that. And so having your support opens doors for me to do more. That's all it does. Um, and I'm glad you love the Bible studies and I look forward. So it's because I haven't made the move yet. Once we make the move and I'm going to have actual office in my house. Oh my gosh. I'm going to be going Bible study crazy. I'm be like, man, we can Bible study all. We can Bible study every day, every day. I'm not saying we're going to do that, but um, <laughs> we you're, you're going to see more rhythms in having Bible studies and that kind of thing. So, uh, when do you, so yeah, so we're praying on that. Keep us in prayer. We're still praying that the Lord will open that door for us. And, um, I look forward to sharing all of that with y'all, but I got to go y'all love y'all family. See you guys tomorrow. See y'all tomorrow. Love y'all. Peace out.